Welcome to Mayfield Baptist Church. We are very excited to have you with us here. We do encourage you to follow us on our social media, which you can access through our website at mayfieldbaptist.com. Please feel free to like and subscribe to this podcast to keep you up to date with our latest messages. We do hope you enjoy this recent message from NBC, that it may help you connect to God, grow in your faith and serve in your own context. Okay, well, I'd like to invite Mr. Ben Morris. Ben Morris up. Ben is the new chairman of our church leadership team. And uh, it's a privilege today to hear from you, Ben. And we're looking forward to having Lord speak to you and through you, brother. Thank you. And a very warm welcome to Hunter Christian School um, staff. Uh, thank you for joining our family here today. It's, it's really special to have you here. Um, so we appreciate you coming. I hope you feel uh, welcome um, and please join us afterwards for a chat over some lunch and, and if you've got the time for a bit of a hit of cricket, that'd be great. Um, this morning, I'm going to be talking on the topic of the Great Commission. Um, I'm going to be centering around the passage, which is Matthew 28, uh, 16 to 20. Um, but then going to be looking in and around the Gospels uh, for some of the context into that passage. I think it's it's fitting for a commissioning service um, to reference the greatest commission of all time. Um, it seems logical, uh, and I hope there's some truths that come out of it. Um, as they have for me, I hope they come out for, for yourself as well. Uh, why is commissioning important? Um, Marsha explained the, the covenant, and and I hope that as we go through the passage this morning, we, we recognise the importance of commissioning and what it does uh, for us as individuals. So I want you to think back to um, any commissioning memory that you have in your mind. Um, think about award ceremonies, graduations, all those kind of common everyday occurrences that, that we go through, uh, not necessarily just a, a churchy type commissioning, Graduation, even a parent sending a child off to school for the first time. Um, our youngest, Laura, started kindergarten this year and, and it was very real to us that, that sort of milestone in life of you got this, you can go, you can go and do it. Think about those thoughts. What are the, what are the messages that go through your brain uh, when you partake in those commissioning uh, events? To me, commissioning provides care. It promises to be alongside the people that we're committing. As we saw this morning, there was, there was messages and statements of care and support. Commissioning provides recognition of a special situation and accomplishments, such as things like farewell parties, welcome home parties, weddings. Commissioning provides empowerment. It passes on the responsibilities and expectations. Commissioning provides instruction. After such and such, we'll go and do such and such or we'll meet somewhere at such a time. It provides that, that promise and the instruction of what to do at that time. But I recall back uh, as I was growing up, I, I attended boarding school for all of my, my senior years and Whenever we left 
at the end of the holidays, the start of term, returning back to boarding school, Dad would always pray with us. You know, we'd sit in the airport and Dad would pray and we'd spend a, a moment of time before we literally walked through that gate um, behind the closed doors to... Um, so a bit emotional about it. <laughs> it I guess it brings back um, some um, challenges, um, but they're important. You know, in those moments, it gave instruction and said, you know, we are told what to do. You know, some nice things, but also some stern things. Um, it provided a promise to support. And it gave us um, a, a statement of when we would see each other again. So we'll see you in July or we'll see you in December or, you know, it, it left with those statements. And I think commissioning also provides promise. So it, as you depart um, in that situation, as we departed, we departed in an environment of trust um, because those, those truths were spoken and those promises were spoken over us. So as humans, we need care. We need recognition. We need empowerment. We need instruction and we need promise. And God knows that. Let me just pray before we get into the, the scripture this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you for the moment that we've got this morning to, to come together as a community, as a family. Father, thank you for the passage that we'll work through today and thank you for um, the, the intel that, that you give our minds as we read through your scriptures. Father, I pray that the words that we've spoken this morning will not be my own, um, that they'll be your words and that they'll be truths uh, from your word. Amen. So let's, let's read the passage, um, Matthew 28, 16 to 20. So if you want to open up your, um, your Bible or your device, there's a lot of technology and ease of, um, of, of reading these days, and, and I've developed a, a renewed love for physically holding the word. Um, you know, I, I've got it on the phone, but it, it's not the same pulling out a somewhat tattery Bible, um, it brings, it brings the, the senses to me um, to hold it, to see it, to feel it, um, hear the pages turning. Um, some people may even have a smell with their Bible, uh, which is quite special. So let's, let's read the passage. So Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what happened leading up to that passage? Um, I think to a lot of people that passage is very well known. Um, if we look back through Matthew, the Last Supper was one key element that happened leading up to that. Matthew 26, 32 uh, it says, but after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. 
Um, the Easter story, um, you know, this is all part of that Easter story, and it's a great time of year to be reflecting on that Easter story um, as we think about uh, commissioning now and, and what the next few weeks is going to hold in, in terms of the Easter story, and we're already on that that um, that traditional path of, of Lent and, and all those things leading up to Easter. So it's a great time to remember. Um, in that situation, I, I wonder what the disciples were feeling and thinking. I think there was very much reality of confusion. So when Jesus died, where was he? Was he stolen? How did the king die such a commoner's death? How did that occur? Those questions are rhetorical because we know the truth about his kingship and his sovereignty. But imagine the confusion at the time for those disciples. I think there was sadness and depression. I think there was an overwhelming darkness. And Matthew 27, 45 actually states, at noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock when he called out. I think there was also feelings of abandonment. These followers gave up their lives for this guy. They followed him. They committed to him. And I'm sure they, they felt a sense of abandonment at that time. So let's look at the passage 16 to 20 and, and how it played out. So verse 16, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. So the disciples were obedient in the, to- in the time of confusion and sadness. So we just spoke about, you know, the feelings that they must have had at that time. But they were obedient. And there was care. He followed up as promised. He turned up at Galilee, just as he promised. And then onwards, verse 17, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. I love that that little bit of passage. It, it shows the humanness. Where none of us are perfect. Some of them doubted. And at times we doubt because we're human. Uh, and God, God forgives that. There was a divine reaction God turned up, but there was also a human reaction. And God God provides comfort over that. Verse 18, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth, all authority. There's no other authority more powerful. It's a statement of authority. It's a statement of recognition that he is the one, and these are the chosen leaders. So there's a real sense of recognition in that. And then onwards into verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. To me, that, that verse talks about empowerment. They're empowered to go, and not, and not just to go, but to be making disciples, and to have the privilege of baptising. That's such a special privilege. And, and as Marcia said before, the, the believer's baptism um, that we believe as, as part of the Baptist church is such a strong part of, um, of, our, of our beliefs. And then in verse 20, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. So they're given instruction. 
And in that instruction, you know, when you look at what are the commands that they've been given, there's the Ten Commandments. There's a whole lot more as well. But what's the most important commandment? So if we turn back to Mark 12, verse 28 to 37. It says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of the religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You've spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not, not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. I love the closure of that passage. There was just a mic drop. There was no rebuke. There was just acknowledgement of the truth, undisputed truth. And I think it's important to, to dwell on that passage you must love the Lord our God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbour as yourself. And I hope that that passage is just a common uh, recurrence in people's minds. It's, it's so important. And then finally in verse 20, the end of verse 20, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That's the promise we talked about in the commissioning before. Finishing with a promise that God is with us and always will be with us, even to the end of the age. So what happened after? After Jesus gave that great commissioning? Many appearances in the back of the Gospels and in Acts. Um, Acts 1 verse 3. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. And then following that, there was a succession plan. Jesus did, just didn't disappear and scoot off to heaven and be all comfy and cosy up there. He, he had a succession plan. He brought the Holy Spirit Luke 24, verse 49, as Jesus appears to the disciples, he says, And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. We're promised to be filled with the power from heaven. How special is that? And coming up to Easter, it's a great time to remember that, of what Jesus did through dying on the cross and, and resurrected ascending into heaven, but leaving the Holy Spirit for us to have intimacy with God forever.
a good time to remember the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives purely because of what Jesus did on the cross. It's our commission to follow the King. And I think the response is not just to stand there staring into space figuratively or even literally. As God ascended into heaven, it's our commission to follow him with the help of the Spirit. So how does, how does that apply to us today? Jesus is the authority. He said it very clearly, all authority in heaven has been given to him. Where to claim that? Where to go? The instruction in there was to go. So where and how does that look? It's different for everyone. Some are called to ministry overseas in, in far-reached places of the world. That's great. Some are called to um, minister here. You know, the, the team worshipping this morning and leading us in that worship, such an awesome privilege to hear that. I spoke to somebody last week at camp and, and they said, when they bought their new guitar, they committed it to God and they use it to connect with God and, and that just that blew me away. It was so precious to hear that. To me, that's going. It's being obedient and sensing God and, and, it's, and it's stepping out. We're to make disciples. So we get alongside, we invest, we nurture. We are to baptise. That was in the instruction. We're to stand and commit under that baptism. And we're to teach. We're to encourage each other to spend time in the word, challenging each other, keeping each other to account. We're to learn. We have a responsibility ourselves to, to study, open up the word, attend Bible studies, research, study, get close to God through that. So just as for a church community, the same applies for a school, a family, a workplace, an overseas missionary, a musician, a school volunteer, a sporting team. They're all opportunities for us to respond to Jesus' authority. Let me just pray over that as we move into the next part of the service this morning. Thank you, God, that you know our need for care, recognition, empowerment, instruction, promise. Father, thank you that your word is so powerful. It's all-inclusive. It's perfect. Father, prompt and remind us this morning to go, to make disciples, to baptise and to teach for your glory and for your kingdom. In your name, amen.